uh, let's get started. Uh, welcome, everybody. This is Jonathan, and I'm here with uh, my partner, Rich. And we have, this is uh, Living in the Matrix, and we have a really special guest today. His name is Sean. Sean is an alchemist, an abundance alchemist, uh, and he wants to be, the, he's a creative and innovative guide helping people unlock their true potential. And when I saw Sean, I want to give you a little bit of a setup. When I saw Sean, uh, if you've watched any of my Instagram reels, you know that I am all about love. I am all about the practice of love. And Sean was like in the exact same lane. So, uh, Sean, I won't, I'll, I'll let you take the wheel from here. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself and then we'll get started. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So th one, thank you for having me. Always Absolutely. honored. Whenever, Perfect. Whenever I get into, uh, spaces now as we start to like grow in life i recognize that everything's a reflection of ourselves and so i'm always honored to be in spaces with people that reflect who i am so thank you again um a little bit on me so you know this 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 concept that i came up with about three months ago called an abundance alchemist and i'm like okay mm -hmm. you know the thing about people in life is that they're chasing after abundance and we traditionally see this as like an aspect of like greed or money or whatever it might be but abundance can apply to many different aspects of life, your health, your relationships, um, your inner knowing, the knowledge that you gain. And so how do you alchemize that in life? And if you understand all things are energy, then you understand the process of alchemizing is bringing energy to life, like bringing that into three dimensions. Um, my background, you know, historically, uh, I have a crazy ass background, so we can kind of go through a little bit of the story if we want to. But, um, you know, my background is, you know, more recently, Ran my own digital marketing agency, um, got into um, some really interesting opportunities around, um, you know, theatrical releasing, uh, started a venture uh, fund, you know, a couple other cool things that have happened in my life. Prior to that, um, had a medical staffing firm um, in between the space of medical staffing, like how do you go from medical staffing to marketing? I was actually federally incarcerated for three years, which <laughs> it was like a whole breaking of self. And I could talk a little bit about how I got into that. Um, but I've lived it through a lot of trauma, um, sexually abused and um, raped between nine and 14 years old, had my family decimated um, when I was younger um, in many different ways, tried to take my life four times, I've been married three times, not successful at any of them. Um, and then once I recognized that all the breakages of my life led to finally it's starting to turn into health issues within myself, um, I had to start changing something about it. And uh, one day I found this Dr. Joe Dispenza video about three years ago. And it talks yes! about your life, <laughs> your, your life can make you, make you sick. You know, your thoughts can make you sick. Your thoughts can make you well. And I, just I love Dr. Joe. Sorry. Oh, he's amazing. We're no, reading his book right now. Are we, Jonathan? Isn't that about the mind? Yeah, his it's book like right Hawkins, now. It's slightly different spin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dr. Um, Dr. Hawkins, have you found Dr. Oh. Hawkins yet? Absolutely. Absolutely. We're all in yeah. the same camp. We are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Hawking's Dispenza. Um, and then I went just deep into the Joe world and uh, went to nine of his retreats. I've actually um, had wow. several dinners with him. Um, he brought me up on stage and I do the breath thing, like really cool stuff. And I actually lost myself in that world a little bit. Um, we could talk That's a little bit about that later. <laughs> about how we get into it but the whole process well, of me, like changing thoughts go ahead what are you going to say let, let me let me start by this and asking yeah. um because you have a wild roller coaster journey yeah when did you really begin to discover your own sense of dignity 
through your entire process? What was the catalyst for discovering your own sense of dignity in terms of value through that whole journey? Man, I, I, I think I more like the true sense of dignity associated yes. with it about three yes. months ago, honestly. Wow. But I was started on, I mean, I've always been on the path and I would say mm-hmm. three years ago when I recognized that everything is either love or fear and mm-hmm. then I could start to change my health through just thinking more loving mm-hmm. thoughts, versus fearful thoughts. And I had the thyroid issue. I had my thyroid radiated, got, you know, gained a bunch of weight, got really sick. And then um, I had to live on this levothyroxine for the rest of my life, supposedly. Uh, I wanted, I was going to change that at some point. And then I mm-hmm. did that. So, um, and I could talk a little bit about how I got that. I had a broken back. I had all these other issues wrong with my body and all that stuff has since healed. Um, and if I showed you pictures of me before and pictures of me now, it's like vastly different. I couldn't grow a beard. I had no musculature as in my body. I had all these problems. Um, and then one day, like my entire physical being just started to change. And um, that happened about three years ago uh, when all those shifts started to happen. But I didn't know why. What was, was the happening. catalyst for that? Um, the catalyst of it was the sickness, the thyroid issues. Um, yeah living and suffering i mean really my girlfriend um, who's actually sitting here on the couch next to me um she uh she started to path me into meditation and understanding what it was because i didn't understand any of this stuff and that's how i got to dr joe because she you know i was mm-hmm. looking at these guru videos that she liked and then i was like this doesn't jive with me so much i love him but i understand what he's mm-hmm. saying and then i found joe and that just clicked and i'm like oh there's yeah. a different process there's a different way and that's yeah. what opened the door for me to find the love within myself. What was the moment? Do you remember? Uh, the moment itself was finding his video, uh, one. and, and No, that, but I'm talking about the moment that it clicked here for you. Oh, the moment that it really clicked here. I think it's clicked several times. If mm-hmm. you want to think it about It is a like, recurrence, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's iterative, yeah. It's clicked, but it's clicked either subconsciously, but me being very aware about it has been like me being truly aware and understanding what love is and why I created it all out of love and understanding every scale of consciousness and how to actually ride those scales and even understanding the pendulum of time and all like this, this other clicking has happened about in the last three months. Um, and that moment was when I actually came out of the Hoffman process and my life literally fell apart. Money fell apart. Everything fell apart. And all the stuff that I was sustaining out of delusion and not truth started to fall apart and I had to actually surrender into going within instead of living outside of myself. And that's really when it started to alchemize into a different state of being. Before that, it was a delusional aspect of that same thing that was close, but not the, not, not the exact same thing that I'm talking about now. Does that make sense? It, Absolutely. So how did you, what, and not what, um, what was the inertia that kind of pushed you into this idea of an abundance alchemist? So the inertia that pushed me into it was when, so I'll, I'll start with like the beginning of last year. The beginning of last year, I, um, I, I had gone through all of this knowing and was on these like Joe Dispenza retreats and doing all this like really, you know, cool stuff. And yeah, I could go into these retreats and, um, like I would heal myself or all of a sudden I'd say, Hey, I'm going to whip a hundred thousand dollars into my bank account. It would be there within an hour. Like really interesting things from almost a delusional aspect, creating cool communities or, Hey, I want to be up on stage with Dr. Joe. And I would be there 
like within the hour or I, mm -hmm. I want to have dinner with them and I would be invited. So like, it was almost like anything I wanted to create, I could do it, but it was out of a state of me saying I needed to find this stuff outside of me. And I was creating abundance, but it was, it was one of those things where it would flow away from me really quickly. And mm -hmm. I almost was playing hot potato with it to where it was so hot in my hand. I just felt like I had to give it away. So I was this massive giver. I was giving like 50% of everything I made away. What I recognize is that I don't have to do it that way anymore because I'm alchemizing it for myself. And so the real clicking happened is after I came out of Hoffman, um, I recognized that everything I was creating was from a delusion because I wasn't truly surrendering into my intentions. Okay. So if I back that up, you know, I, I always say that intention with surrender is delusion. Intention without surrender is delusion. Intention with surrender is the truth. So I wasn't living in truth. I was living in this massive state of delusion, but I was creating really cool stuff and building a community that was almost delusional, but I was saying, hey, validate me. So it was and the ego. It was a bunch of ego, yeah. And I was yeah. using the outside world to validate me. Yeah. That started to shift after Hoffman because I recognized I couldn't use the outside world to validate me anymore. And um, that, click, that, that click happened when I basically signed a contract with myself after the Hoffman process. And everything in my life started to break. The, my finances started falling apart. My relationships started falling apart. Um, a lot of just like chaotic stuff started to happen. And I kept attempting to hold on to out of delusion. I was like, look, I got to let it go. And once mm -hmm. I let it go, it started to this basically swing itself back. And then that's when I realized, okay, I am the creator of my life. I have, I can't optimize this on my own, but I have to walk in this like truly transparent truth of self. And when I did that, that's when, I recognize that I could actually help other people with it instead of just okay. trying to help. That to me is going back to, this is living in the matrix. You became yeah. Neo. Okay. That's sort of the concept that Rich and I are discussing is the, the, the matrix is this world that feels like almost fake and unreal. There's a point in, I'm sure, I'm assuming you've seen the movie matrix, right? Oh, percent. yeah. Okay, good. So, but there's an awareness that comes of turning something on. Yeah. And that I believe is this idea that we are actually more and that we are lovable. Like there's something that when we love ourselves, we become aware that we are part of good. Mm. And um, that, so that's how I bring it back. What, what changed for you now that you realize you're Neo? Because we're all Neo. 100%. Everybody has the opportunity to be Neo. What changed for you? Not just, you know, you, you said you lost it and then it slowly comes back, but what shifted for you as a whole? Um, so I want to talk, I'll talk about it energetically, then I'll talk about it three-dimensionally. Um, nice. The, the energetics of it were is that I started to understand that there are stations of life that we live and think about Hawking scale of consciousness. Right? Yes, yes. And if you understand that, you know, for instance, where I was when I left Hoffman process and I walked out of this, I'm not plugging Hoffman, it just was a catalyst. When I left Hoffman process, I was in this state of uh, willingness. I was willing to change, right? Mm -hmm. So if you think about the scale of consciousness, you go from willingness to acceptance, to reason, to love. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you understand that you're stationing at each one of those and the energetics that actually happen off of that compounding effect, what started to change is that I could I could literally throttle myself up very quickly off of those different stations. 
And so, for instance, if I was willing to change, I could accept where I was. I could understand the reason why I created it and I could do it all in the name of love. I'm literally pathing my way to that. And if every present moment of my life, I had the ability to understand that I was the creator of it all, then yes. at which point I'm the creator of it and I'm not a victim of it and it's mm -hmm. all created out of love, no matter how bad it is, mm -hmm. then in, in essence, I'm in that state of willingness. I'm accepting what's happening around me, no matter if it's, you know, my bank account got empty, my mm -hmm. girlfriend's yelling at me, my son. You're whole regardless. 100%. Yeah. It's like right. equanimity. Yeah, you're in the eye of the hurricane and all this shit's happening, swirling around you and yet you're calm. And, and it's like, it's like almost, you realize in, in a way that it's not real in, in terms of real things that can harm you long-term, mm -hmm. right? Yep. Yeah. And yeah. you the thing is, is I created every situation to love myself. I created incarceration for me to love myself. I created me being mm -hmm. raped as a nine-year-old to love myself. I created all these situations for me to love myself. And as long as I can accept and understand why those are there, I'm no longer a victim of it. Well, let me ask how, did, how did you oh, go ahead, Rich? Go ahead. I was going to say in the case of Neo, it was like the universe was conspiring, right? The alchemist talks about, you know, good luck, bad luck. As you goes along the journey, the universe conspires to get you to obtain your own personal legend, right? In the case of Neo, something was, was a splinter in his mind. It wasn't him finding love in the same way that Jonathan talks about finding love and then becoming Neo, but but it's it, that's just an analogy, right? It's almost as if the universe can conspire to do things, I think. I'm wondering, because the universe has consciousness, can it move on its own to draw somebody? So you, you actually said your own love, you, you caused the rape that you had. You, you, you're, somehow you're, you're saying that you were set up to go through that process. And, and maybe in the middle of it, you're saying, why is this happening to me? But later on, you're saying, no, this is all part of the process. Are you looking at that retrospectively, meaning like, you projected yourself forward or back when going through those experiences because you're actually claiming that you were responsible for them happening. Is that correct? Yes. And so I want to I want to play with the words a little bit. Think about the word responsibility. It's about the ability to respond. Not yes. Taking it's not my fault. I'm not to blame, but it's my ability to respond out of love and understand why I created it as the reason why I show up as I am today. So if every road is the path to Oz or a path to Narnia, then you have to have bumps along the road in order to be able to get there. You have to understand why you created those roads so that your car or the horse or whatever it is that you're riding or yourself is strong enough to make the journey. Mm -hmm. It's not, you know, once again, there is space and time, but it also yeah. is one of those things that collapses itself. And you're on the journey as a perspective of God in order to be able to create the life that you have so that you can give that feedback back to source and then help humanity overcome it as a constant integral knowing. And so the, the conspiring of the universe is just the pendulum swing of the positive and negative, right? That's all. It's just the rhythm. It's, there's a rhythm. It's, it's just energy. It, it, yeah. So, but is our response to the um, unfortunate events changing the universe or is the universe helping you understand that you are not affected in the way you think you should be what you know what i'm talking about right the question like this is the the christian dilemma does the holy spirit convict you or do you come to that conclusion on your own right is there that transcendent deity or cosmic force that helps guide us and move us along like neo for for morpheus neo was the one that's not just 
manifested by an individual. It seems like the whole idea of the construct was like, this is baked into time, space, continuum. All these events are coming together for one guy who's going to save us all. And right. it doesn't look like he's the one, but he's going to find out he's the one. But the thing about it is, it seems to me a lot of different things were coming together to create that reality for Neo, even though he had to be the main part of it, right? As he went through and actually ended up not only changing the, the realm of, of, of reality and the laws of the matrix so he could break them, but then even getting to a relationship with the machine at the end so that he could take out Agent Smith and his rogue rogueness, right? Is that all making sense? Oh, that's making sense. Yeah, yeah. So so for me, it's, you know, we're all Neo, right? To, to, to what John was saying before. And the Neo's a perspective of oneness embodied in a very specific amount of time and time still an illusion so if morpheus is once again think about i'm going to use jesus and the disciples right Amen. as an example jesus and the disciples there's jesus neo there's disciples who are perspectives of dr morpheus who's one person right. you got all these people they're all literally vibrating at a very consistent frequency and for one jesus is jesus but then jesus could also be the Morpheus to another person over here, right? Absolutely. And he's unlocking another Neo and he's unlocking another Neo and they're all unlocking. And just there's one story that's been told, but it doesn't mean that that story doesn't intrinsically exist in every individual person as they move through time. And so to your point, there's the illusion that is being created around this one person, but it's also a lack of illusion once you step out of it and understand that it's source creating the opportunity for other individuals to witness that individual starting to go through the process of waking up who has the ability to be conscious enough to drop in and out of consciousness, to move himself across source into the swing of the pendulum of the positivity, and then to be able to swing that into reality and flow so that it can actually go through the process of, um, of alchemizing into a new reality. So somebody out there will witness and become Neo again and Neo again and Neo again. And as we start to all believe, it's no different than the extension of Christianity is that everybody is chasing after what would Jesus do? Let me actually walk yeah. and be like, but right. we answered that story. And now that censorship of the story is a very bastardized story of what Jesus's intent was. Therefore, it actually never comes to life because it has some aspect of control that's created a limiting belief of it, which is a whole other. Absolutely. Dude, you or I are such the same page. We've come <laughs> to the same pinnacle, probably from different paths, but we oh, are. Yeah. 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 I want to hang out um, with you more, Sean. I hope you're okay. I don't hope you don't <laughs> start charging me because I need to spend some more time with you. <laughs> well, let's no, because it, we, we, so this dialogue really is a 12 year conversation. We just put it on, on audio. That's all we, we've been having these same conversations for 12 years. And really it's the dominant theory, at least in my life. And to a certain extent, uh, to, <laughs> to a certain extent, riches is, we take Jesus very seriously. Like I, I'm not an evangelical Christian anymore. I've kind of left behind the religious side of it, but right. to me, Jesus embodied love. Mm. That has always captured me since I was seven years old. And probably before that, I've always been drawn to that, but I think we get stuck in a lot of the religious bullshit and miss the power of love. Like, yeah. come on, it's a lot better than all the religious bullshit. Yeah. And then I think when the matrix came along, it gave us a sort of a, a, like a mental construct of we're trapped in something. 
this thing called the world. And gosh, they were talking about that 2000 years ago. And they, you know, it's like, and then yeah. like this last couple of weeks, I've been really, so I used to develop a, uh, I used to have a nonprofit that developed leadership manuals for churches and it was a discipleship program. And I studied what's called Missio Dei. That's where Rich and I really got involved is Missio Dei is the mission of God. Like what was God trying to do? And when I started studying the Jewish people and how the lineage got to Jesus, I realized, man, there is so much of what Jesus was the pinnacle of that we've completely lost. Like God is not interested. I think God understands that we are stuck with an ego. And that ego is biological. It's primarily mental. And, um, but there's a way of transcending it that is energetic. Yep. Historically, we would call that the spirit. But guess what? You get to experience it. You get to feel it. It takes over. I had a conversation with a couple really good friends of mine about three weeks ago that grew with me during that journey. And I was telling them, I am now at a point where I feel like I can project love mm. onto people. Like it, it's not just a thought, it's an energy and it mm. can transfer. And so, and coincidentally, I've been learning this proactively for about three months. So maybe we were both experiencing the same thing, but the goal is how, so let me ask you this to sort of segue into how do you create another neo what's your thought process because you're actively in sort of a, a abundance alchemist i love the context but how do you create how do you go about creating other neos how do you make them aware and wake up man that's a phenomenal question so when you that's my journey for the last 20 years yeah that, that has yeah. been my journey so that's why i asked the question I mean, you, ha you have to know that you are and you're not first, right? Yes. And there has to be a, you know, if, if you if you think about Hawking's scale of consciousness, right? Mm -hmm. There, And then, you, you know, you read the book Power Versus Force. Even a lot of these, you know, you think Einstein was at like 450, right? You know, where are these people sitting at as far as the number is concerned? And how many of them actually get to that point? Like, where was Buddha at? Where was Jesus right. at? Getting to that actual space there aren't a lot of examples number one and then even yes. the way that the story has been written is very one-sided it's very masculine driven and so you look at this age that we're coming out of this age of pisces you know i don't know if you're in astrology mm -hmm. or not we're going to pisces. aquarius yes and we're very we're we've been very masculine masculine driven like we're so it's about the efforting and the doing and so in order to create other neos or other um, other of these entities, we have to fully embody both sides of the yin and yang. And we have to have examples of what that looks like. And we have to start honoring the feminine story and codify that story, not only in masculine form, but also in feminine form. And the reason that we have all these women running around crazy and pissed off is because we haven't honored it for 2000 years. And this buildup mm -hmm. that's happening is creating i mean it's the entire earth's core reversed there's not an accident that this happened i mean there's a reason it happened because we're shifting the energy the energy of the earth is saying you know what fuck it we're going to turn it this way and pluto's things returning gonna... pluto's returning you want to see some crazy shit that's about to happen french yeah. french and american revolution reign of queen elizabeth follow the roman empire all came when pluto came back 
And so we're about ready to enter that. So I think we're going to see some pretty serious upheavals in terms of power and shifting. And I think oh, yeah. maybe that's, that's what's going to go on. Trump I, was yeah, indicted yesterday. That's, yeah. that's yeah, Trump, huge. Trump's not in power. Trump, Trump's a symbol of what power. He, he's on. a symbol. That's the most. But he's a he's a he's a symbol. Is right. Aquarius feminine? Yeah, Aquarius. So it the, is. I did the, not know that. The age of Aquarius is a feminine age. The age of Aquarius is about receivership, surrender, and vulnerability. I did not know the that. reason that all of this awakening is happening right now is because we are being forced like cattle through a door in order to awaken. And those that actually surrender into it are not going to get torn up by the gate that they're passing by, right? You know, those that actually just walk through it and accept it are going to be the first ones through that are ushering other individuals. And the door is very mm -hmm. small, but there is a door. And so we have to show people how to fit through that door and we have to bring them through one by one. And eventually we'll just knock the entire gate down and say, fuck it, we're all ready for this. See, this is amazing. This is about universalism too, um, Sean. And this is the idea that- This is probably one of our biggest conversations. This is huge though, because this is exactly what God's doing. He, he's, there's, there's the people that get awake and realize that we are not sinful and fallen and, and absorbing that. We just have this illusion and that's why we needed the crucifixion. That's why we had the fall. But- um, the sooner we get into this understanding, it's like in, in Lost. Perfect. Another example. Jack Shepard was the last person into the church because his story, he was always fighting. It was always volition, right? Against things, right? He's always doing. And Kate's trying to tickle his toes and try to tell him and everybody else is getting it, right? Everybody else is with their loved ones and they, they surrender, right? To love and to what that is. Same thing with universalism. There's going to be people that are going to come kicking and screaming, and, you know, in the traditional, even evangelical universalistic place, it's not going to be a joyride for Hitler and for Idi Amin and for Pol Pot. They're going to go through iterations and eons, perhaps, of pruning and change, but eventually they will come to understand the loving arms of, of the Lord. So that's what you're saying now. How, we, if we usher more people in now by exposing and loving, it's going to be, instead of a groaning, nasty turbulent, it could be a more better transition. And this is why organizations who recognize diverse employees and, 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 and thriving and, su and supporting women, as opposed to the ones that are forcing to put women on boards, right? When you are having to force like a diversity kind of program versus, you know what? Everybody wins when we've got a di more diverse culture. McKinsey's proven this time and time again, they're more profitable. Those mm -hmm. are the best kinds of scenarios when you're actually on the top of the wave, instead of it come crashing down on you and then finally opening up your eyes and realizing where you are, right? Go in there well, with that here's, energy. Here's what I'm learning, but I wanna come back, Sean, in a second to my question to you. So think about that for a second, but I wanna share something that Rich is, I'm gonna key off of what Rich is saying is, biblically or from a Jewish text, uh, the man, humanity, Adam, is the body. And right. then God separates the woman from the heart, the man has the head. So the man is predominantly vision driven. The woman is predominantly heart driven. And there's an interesting element in that, of, that, uh, of the idea of both parties together and no man tear us apart because that is the image of God. It always has to be both masculine and feminine. And it's very easy because we're the vision uh, to control the heart. Right. And we can't, and, and you create a terrible imbalance when it's just here, when it's just intellectualized. And I think honestly, Christianity is essentially an intellectualization of it. Right. And what I'm discovering is 
holy shit. It's when you get both, you turn on the electricity and you realize I didn't have a clue. Because you can, because if you can see it in your head, but you can't feel it in your heart, you're getting, I, I love the way Dr. Joe says it. It's you're basically getting the one ten thousandth of a percent that's material. When you can feel it, you get all the energy. That's why w- women are much more powerful is because they're predominantly the energy part. They're the intention. Um, how? So back to my question. How do you help people over that illusion? How do you help people discover I mean, their own sense of Neo? Yeah, their, their own. So once again, it, it, to, to me, we have to break the constructs of the limiting beliefs that we've always known, right? There's, there's that. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a, it's a simple yet hard process. Um, it's like, yeah, it's like learning how to swing a bat. You got to learn right. the fundamentals. Yeah. We have to respect and honor the present moment more than the past and the future, right? So if we can actually get into that process and recognize that that's the case, we have to honor and understand what the rhythm of what the rhythm of life really is and how that flows and how to move in that and why things mm-hmm. happen that are out of our control. Yeah. Because they're out of our control, but they're in our control because we created it, but we also have to ride the wave of the thing outside of us, which is the thing that we've created. That's a kind of a mind. Wait, say that again. Unpack that a little bit. <laughs> So, that was good. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so imagine, you know, we're all one. We all come from source, right? So if this is source, we all come from source. And there's a rhythm of life. Imagine a pendulum hanging from this and it's rocking this way. Okay. So if I'm the creator, so we, we talk about God as if it's not us, but God is us. Jesus said that. Jesus said the only way through heaven is through me, right? What he's saying is the only way through heaven is through you, me, us. I have to go through myself within to get to heaven. Right. And that's how I get there. I don't get there through something else. So if I recognize I have to go through me to get there, that's that's what the truth is. Um, there, there's nothing outside of us. And so once we actually recognize that that's the case, then we actually have the ability to actually surrender into that, that, that knowing and that opportunity. Um, the, the other aspects of it that we actually have to go through the, the, through the process of getting is that if I'm sitting up here on this pendulum and then there's this back and forth, and I am the creator and I am and I am God. I'm a perspective of it, but I've created the dynamic of the swing in my life. Like I know when I have a good day and a bad day. Like you know. And you can actually if you go through life, you can see and witness when your negative swing happens and your positive swing happens. And this is why we have time so we can recognize the negative and positive swings because we have to witness the thing outside of us to understand what's happening inside of us. But we also have to recognize that we created it inside of us to create the thing outside of us. Yes. Still with me? Mm-hmm. All right. So we, if it's inside of us, and I know that I've created a cycle of time inside of me to witness the world outside of me, then it gives me the ability to turn back around and then understand when I drop in and out of this pendulum. So if I have a negative swing, I, I don't want to be on the pendulum. I'm not going to ride that freaking wave into hell every day. Even though it's right. there, it's a beautiful thing and I created it. I'm just going to go and bring myself right back up to the source again. Mm-hmm. How do we do that? Meditation. Oh. Yeah, meditation, right? We do that through, we can call it prayer. We can do that through accountability partners. We can do that through, you know, just staying in the present moment. We all have days that that happens. Let me just not like put my intellect and my body into this. I'm going to bring myself up here. And on when that pendulum swings right back, I'm actually going to ride that way down. And when I do it, I'm going to have more weight at the end of that pendulum that allows it to go higher. And when it goes higher, what's going to happen? 
the equal thing happens on the other side of it. And it's going to bring back higher. So I'm going to have more chaos I'm creating in my life. So if you if you look at the cycles of time through life, there's more chaos and destruction in life because we put more weight on the pendulum of what we've created and it comes back bigger. The wars are harder. The diseases are more, you know, mm -hmm. you know, and we have to be aware of that. So we'll swing it back, but we have to decide when we drop into consciousness and when we pull ourselves out of it. And that's how we start to become this neo of our life is that the positive and negative swing that happens, understanding the masculine and feminine versions of that mm -hmm. and how to and how to give and receive at the same time that those happen, allow us to then swing into the world. And then when we start to say, I'm going to dodge a bullet, I know when and how to dodge it because I can work with the alchemy of these dimensions that I'm creating around me. I'm not going to say anybody go out and dodge a bullet, you know, disclaimer. Sure. But right. There's there's laws. And That's rules. the analogy. It's it's a metaphor for a bigger idea. Absolutely. Exactly. But we can dodge. You know, like right now, there's um, economic turmoil and chaos. Right. I've had the best two months financially of my life, and not to gloat about it because, of course, it all goes back. But before that, you know, when last year when things were good, and you know, I was in the crypto space and all those other things, things are swinging up. Of course, FTX crashes, SVB goes down, all these other things, but. I'm able to pull myself out of it and start to create more abundance in my life, even in the swing of when the world says that's not possible. Oh, yeah. Because you're going to the source. Yeah. And that's dodging the bullet and also recognizing you have these little mini. So every cycle, you have this big cycle of time that's happening that we're sitting over here in economic turmoil. You've got wars, you've got famine, you've got whatnot. And we're sitting here and it's slow. It's a slow moving pendulum. You got a little tiny cycle of Sean Clayton that's doing this and I can ride my wave and make it bigger and bigger. And what'll happen is my wave will start to impact this other thing. And eventually I'll have enough neos that understand what it is that I'm doing. They're like, hey, just like Jesus and disciples that started going into Christianity, that started actually creating this larger swing. Now we've got this giant movement that's right. a big ship, like the ship at the carnival, that's now just doing its thing. Now that, that ship of Christianity is a little bit off course because we didn't include the feminine in it. We sat on Mary Magdalene. We called her a whore. We did all these Women things. Women can't speak in church. <laughs> right. Did all you grow up a Christian? I did grow up a Christian, yeah. I can tell. No, we, we, we could see that. Yeah, that's, that's, that's yeah. What's your church yeah. that you grew up in? You believe, do you believe that the pendulum, so one of the things that Jonathan believes is that there will be an eschaton or a time where everybody comes in the living arm of God. I don't know if you call that the end of time, Jonathan. In a traditional Buddhist sense where you got the yin and the yang, you've always got the, 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 the back and forth. And in, in, in Hinduism, you've got these cycles, right? Where Kali comes and destroys, and then it goes through in like massive eons and then shorter times, but depending on the dice roll, I, I don't know all the details of, of Hinduism. But in your worldview, does that pendulum stop swinging? When, when there's the like cons consummation of time and space reality, or is that pendulum constantly moving? Meaning like the idea of, of a dualistic or a Zoroastrian is that there's always one side versus the other, and it's always tugging, right? It's like the force in, in, in Return of the Jedi. There's always the Sith, and there's always the Jedi. Are you talking about peace? I'm just, no, like I'm talking about a period about of peace. A point where, yeah, there is no more chaos anymore. It's only going to be peace. Yeah. In, in your mind, Jonathan, if there is really a new heavens and new earth and we're all coming to that loving arms of, of God, that means, our, I mean, do you believe that we're all going to be at a place, in the, the cosmos of, of peace, that there's not going to be any more pain and suffering? Sean, let me clarify his question because I yeah. uh, he's speaking for me is I believe 
I, I crossed a bridge probably about two years ago, theologically, in evangelical Christianity, which is what I grew up, there's, there's the wheat and the chaff. Yeah. And the, there's those who are saved and those who are not. I don't believe that anymore. I believe everybody is, like everybody is I am. They just don't know it yet. So you can't, you can only burn away the, the wheat or the chaff is your illusion. That's all it ever is. And every single person is in what I call inside the circle. You are all part of the kingdom of God. But if you see yourself outside, what's going to die is that illusion outside. Yeah. Whereas traditionally, historically, and I don't know if, if Rich has crossed this bridge that we're, that everyone is in. I do. I believe everyone. And here's why is quantum field now teaches us that you're all energy anyways. There's no separation physically. So if, if you strip away all of our bullshit material thing here, we're all part of one. Yeah. And that's what Jesus realized that the embodiment of Jesus was recognizing I am. Right. And so there is no separation and that I think we are on the cusp of a great awakening. And the, I was walking my dog last night. It's like the idea of a multiverse. Everybody has their view and everybody experiences their own version of it that they process through their visual field. Um, but there is then the self that is them on the energetic side yep. and that's all connected. But because I can't see that, I can't realize that. And there is this group of people now that the emergence, like there's lots of people who have gotten over that hump of universalism to say my worst enemy, because what we don't want is we don't want our worst enemy in the kingdom of God. We want right. to remove them. But like you said, that's every, I think every human being is a facet of God as an expression in the multiverse and that multiverse can converge. So where everybody can see at the same time, they are loved. Yes. I just don't think we've ever had that yet. Well, so if you, if you erase the time thing, okay. And yeah. then you, because yes, 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 yes. You erase the time thing that it's already happened. Okay, so there's a version of this that's already happened. We have to go through these experiences for us yes. to draw that to us. There'll be a point, but it's not necessarily us. Like this, this thing we call human, okay, is sits in this third dimension that is I am to who am I experienced over time. Yes. So if I am, I come, God says I am, all right, then who am I? So it has to create polarity. To go through that mm -hmm. process well, who am i is adam and eve i got experiences over time so i have to give myself a time band to then choose love or fear which is your free will and if i start choosing love all the time then i start and that's your fourth dimension i drop into the fifth dimension and the fifth dimension i actually have the ability to know that it's all love and i can stay in that state of love all the time which is what you're talking about and then there's the sixth dimension i understand there's actually a plan of god or the universe or myself that i've created for myself to experience it all at that moment and i can draft that so in this third dimension if i constantly choose love here in that free will i can actually pull the plan of god down in my life now yes interstellar. I told, yes interstellar. That's, 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 that's right. all interstellar right there yeah 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 and that's yeah. you witnessing the creation of god here embodied but it's the choice to be able to do that and that's to your point how we become the neo and other neos yeah. follow 
but it, it can't be embodied singularly. It has to have like the only reason I was ever able to unlock is because I found a beautiful woman in my life that got me to understand there's a feminine and negative. She showed you love. Well, and of myself, I saw the feminine energy in me. I was able to witness mm -hmm. it and be more vulnerable. I was able to go instead of giving and pushing and protruding, I was able to receive everything that I created for myself. And then also, yes, with that person that helped as well. But it was really being able to go within and understanding that I, you know, it's like making love to yourself. I mean, it sounds weird, but you fold into yourself in such a way that you start to become the God of your life. And there is no there, it's only here. And when you recognize it's here, you receive it all and then you create it all. We're creators. Yeah. Yeah. And, then and I think that scares people. That scares, <laughs> oh, if, you, if you give people the idea that they actually can create their future, scares the shit out of them. Scares right. me. While you're in the middle of a ketamine session. I <laughs> felt that for sure. I felt creation on my fingertips. Right. Well, and then awesome. there's yeah. Then there's judgment. Then you get hung on a cross for it, you know, or you get, you know, right. you get, you know, um, whatever. I mean, you know, people, people put you out to pasture because of the choices that you make, but you have to know it and be able to, you have to be able to sacrifice your life. Okay. In order to know what it is that is true for you becomes your reality. And it has nothing to do with this dimension that we live in. Do you think you talked about the dimensions? One of the things that came to my mind is, do you, so like you said, there's the fifth dimension. Do you think that's in line with Hawkins scale or is, are you thinking differently? It's all, it's all different pieces. So kind of, you know, like Hawkins. Like, right. well, well, it's a vibration, isn't it? Love is at 500. Yeah, it's a vibration. Yeah. Love is at 500. And then you go beyond love, you're getting into bliss. So you're kind of like way out in a hole. You're, like the present material has no value anymore. Right. Um, is that what you mean by fifth dimension? Um, it's more so. Or is it more perceptual? It's more perceptual. It's more so, okay. more so being able, like if I took my body out of this world of three dimensions and I, it's like basically my spirit. So it's mm -hmm. my spirit, it's my it's source, it's being integrated with source as oneness. And there's a bunch of beings, you know, if you want to call it that, that are all integrated into this thing. And it's like the God force sitting here that has yes. a very specific plan associated with the architecture of it. And mm -hmm. that sixth vision is like, if I'm, if I am, I am, and then I go through who am I, and then I experience it over time. And I throw all this data back up into the mainframe. Right? Mm -hmm. And it sits back up in the mainframe based on these experiences. Then I understand how to constantly overcome fear into love and then I can stay in that state because I've created the ability for me to separate from it then those fifth dimensional aspects of the soul live there within no time okay and then does that happen in your body or is that happening perceptually kind of in another just like a whole other dimension but we we have the ability in this body to pull that information we can't escape the body we can't escape the world we have laws and rules and things we live by but we can pull in that information, which is like all of a sudden you have a thought you didn't know. And it's mm -hmm. like, oh, well, now there's this crazy thought I didn't know that came from somewhere. And then all of a sudden I find it in a book somewhere that I never read, yeah. but I know that it's all part of the field. That's part of that fifth dimensional element that is just dropping into your life because you're okay, choosing Okay, so here's love. what, I, here's what right. I think you're saying, and tell me if I'm correct, is the fifth dimension is almost that open portal Is that what you're saying? 
the figgy kind of the fifth dimension is the fifth because here's what here's the here's the example that i'll give i walk my dog every night and that's when i have all these super crazy thoughts because i'm taking time to myself it's my meditative space space and all of a sudden like i send these questions to rich and i go i don't have a clue where these came from yeah that feels like spirit is that what you're talking about is where you feel like it's coming from someone else and not you it's almost intuition Yes. Yeah. It's like, okay. yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's you, that's you drafting that knowing when you think mm -hmm. you don't know, like, you're not thinking of this. You just know something. It just happens. Yeah. 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 It's like somebody coming and pushing you in the back and you're like, what was that? And all of a sudden you're right. across the street in another place and you're like, oh, okay, well that was interesting. And you now have something you've never known before that is so ingrained in you. You can't take another, you can't move another way. Right. And, you know, it was almost like, I mean, why wasn't the story the first, you know, I mean, I would be keep going on the Jesus path. I feel like it's the applicable place to do that. But the first 32 years yeah. of life, Jesus talked about, because there was a moment in time he knew something. And then this became this massive expansion that he was willing to die for because there was no other way he could move. Right. And that was unlocked by him actually unlocking himself from the inside out through masculine feminine energy and all of the information just started to flow into him. Mm -hmm. And then at which point there was no other choice that he could go. And he's pulling that fifth dimensional information literally mm -hmm. down every single day. And it looks like this really amazing being this walking the earth, but he's no different than you and me. And it was just the choice moment by moment. Yeah. Well, he, he says greater things you will do. And, you know, I'm sending you an advocate, you know, and he even willingly, there's a Kabbalist term called Zimzum, where God creates a place within himself where he doesn't have the same power. And I think in many ways, that's what God did with Jesus, right? He added humanity to himself and Jesus became, for our own sake, a weaker vessel, right? The one who could bleed, get hungry, actually feel power drain out of him when, when a woman touched him. But at the same time, because he was so... He was tapped into the source, right? He was tapped into the source. But I think- Well, he's- Go, go ahead. ahead. Sorry. Go, no, go the, ahead. The only time he really, you could see real trepidation was he was sweating blood in the garden. That's because I think for a brief moment in time, that sub, there'd be a severing of that. Is that why he was so freaking out, um, Sean, in, in the garden where he was praying three times to have the past cup and by, have the cup pass him by? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I think, I mean, if, if I think of Jesus, I mean, yes, yes. And I also look at Jesus as, I mean, Jesus was getting his ass kicked by Mary Magdalene, right? He was, he was doing some messed up stuff. I'm sure he had a temper, you know, she was like catching him in some bullshit, you know, and it required him to, to really get into himself and surrender and at which point, once he, it's almost like you go through this thing where life becomes really beautiful and everybody starts accepting you and you know that judgment is in front of you and you're going to have to make a choice. To, are you going to be true to yourself or not? And it's no different than, you know, me and my girlfriend and, you know, little things happen. Like she, she gets mad at me about something I did, I don't know, however many months ago, years ago. And she holds me accountable of it right now, right? And I'm like, I'm not that person anymore. But she's like, but she's that warning sign in my life that reminds me that I need to stay in state. 
And it's like, I'm continuing to put that weight on the bar so I can continue to lift it and get stronger in my actual state that I know that I am in that, I'm pulling from that fifth dimension. I deserve to pull that information in because I'm choosing love. And as long as I keep doing it, it keeps coming in. And the more that I get tested, I keep pulling it in. So when he was in that state, of going through that, it's like, okay, he knows that this massive test is coming and he's wrestling with, do I give up and go back into, do I take the blue pill mm -hmm. or do I continue to feed myself the red, red pill or do I stay outside of this thing that actually I know I can go back into with a little bit more knowing and start to manipulate and be delusional, but it's not the truth. And that that's really where that wrestling started to happen within himself. Because it was, do I do this? Do I stay or do I go, <laughs> right? And when he stayed, his thing was like, okay, he created 2000 years of something really beautiful that is actually not it, not what his intention was. Absolutely. But even lack of his intention, see how wonderful it is and where we are today to be able to use him as an example so that we can create the other Neos in our life. Yeah. Jesus's or Buddha's or whatever you want to call them. He was the first. Or he was the right. second, really, because he was the second Adam. But um, Sean, what are you doing to help people? Like part of this, because I, I feel the burden of it. You're yeah. I, I, like, I started six months and it's, gosh, it's been almost nine months that I've been doing my uh, Instagram. I made a choice just to put good out into the world. That was the start. I didn't have a grand plan. I just wanted to put good out into the world. What are you doing with this gift that you, what, what's your plan? Not even plan, that may be the right word, but what are you doing with it? Um, so, I mean, for, for me, it's one speaking it into the world. I mean, I, I talk about my story because there's many different aspects of myself that other people can resonate with. Right. You know, we talk about, you know, they talk about, you know, wealth and the Bible and things like that. And, you know, that's mm -hmm. like a negative thing, but, you know, for me being able, for people to create abundance as a symbol, of energy so that they can actually give back and start to move that energy through life Yes, um, is another thing. So I give a lot, I give back a lot. Um, and I'm moving that energy. The minute that I actually sit on anything that I've received, something breaks. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. I, I sat on something one time for a week, my car's got broken into. I'm like, okay, get it. I, <laughs> give it away. Let's keep it moving. You know, keep it flowing. <laughs> is that the yeah, thought? We'll just move the traffic, you know, everything, you know, we got to move the traffic. We're conductors. We're in, we're, we're, energy turbines we're love turbines we got to keep moving yep. this thing um so I'm, my, my thing is to keep moving that energy and push it through life um the other thing is it's just you know every time something comes to me i just put it out you know so i mean i was a huge advocate of non-instagram social media not a big fan of it because i see how people get trapped in their lack of other people's watching and so mm -hmm. i was getting trapped in worldly watching of these things you know hell add some digital medium i right. can get into it instant i don't need that but at the beginning of the year i literally started my instagram a month ago, two months ago. And I just started just throwing stuff on there. And it's, it's to me been pretty magical the way that it's shown up and it helps me refine exactly what it is that my knowing is. And, you know, am, am I on this path or, you know, like, what am I saying? That's, that's, that's on point. And also keeping my ego out of it because you can see these things start to happen. You're like, Oh, I'm really getting it, but I'm getting nothing. <laughs> I'm just surrendering into what's happening and I'm just moving the, moving the thing through the world. Um, I've gotten involved with a lot of different foundations. Um, I'm teaching um, some youth about how to bring consciousness into capitalism, consciousness into this whole AI revolution, why we actually created blockchain. The block Bible on blockchain many moons ago 
it would actually actually know why it was written and what it was said in it. It wouldn't be censored, right? So things like that, that we need to start getting that story out. Um, helping empower not only, you know, masculine energy to actually start understanding the femininity within itself, but also other females to get out there and start telling that story so that they can talk about it because it's so been suppressed. And we have to give that feminine energy the ability to actually live and breathe. And so creating vehicles for that, I have a, you know, marketing agency. And so our thing is, is, not only do we like work with big clients and things like that, which is great, but really creating and finding opportunities for smaller clients, you know, the underserved, the underrepresented to have a voice and get that voice out so it can actually do something. So um, creating those vehicles uh, as well. So there's just, you know, different aspects of it. Um, you know, my three tenets are elevating consciousness, well-being of people and planet and shifting culture. And if we can do those three things, and actually make it seem cool. We don't have to have a turbine and be super dorky about stuff. We can actually make this whole thing really sexy and fun. And so let's have a blast doing it. Right. Bring something different to the world so that it doesn't feel like church all the time. <laughs> wow. What a blessing, man. I, I, I just, I, I can't wait to have more conversation. And I spent some time with LinkedIn. So I'm familiar with, you know, talent brand agencies and ad agencies a little bit. Love to hear more about what you're doing in, in that regard. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I just, I mean, you, you had some terrible things in your life, but just, it just clearly, they've just been this foundation for you just to be strong and, and, and powerful and, you know, good speak powerful in, in, in the good way, right? In, in terms of love and stuff like that. L let me ask you this. If you could do something in your mind with a few moments left we got on this call, let's say somebody knows they're having a bad day. I've got a lot of great salespeople who are in their 40s and 50s. They, they're looking around. They said, Rich, dear God, what happened to like 10, 15 years ago when we were just kicking ass, taking names? We rode LinkedIn, we rode ADP. Now we're like tossing between jobs, unfulfilled, freaking out about our next play. And there's a lot of this going on, a lot of trepidation, especially with a lot of layoffs you've seen. How do you start to, I, I want it to be more fake than, you know, fake it till you make it. That seems like so, so, so minor and so ineffectual. How do you tank? I mean, your, your, your girlfriend helped be a catalyst for you to, to, to get to that next level, but is it possible somebody could actually just start focusing on positive thoughts and not fake it and actually try to have their heart and mind line, even if they're not there, right? It's like, how does an addict get himself out of that place of addiction to opioids or whatever? outside of a catalyst like ibogaine and ayahuasca and variety of other psychedelics, how would you suggest somebody kind of do um, atomic habits to get them out of there? That might be a really big challenge. Yeah, so every 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 person, I mean, this is gonna, I'm going to go kind of a little bit behind this to go forward. So think about the human body. Every cell has a very specific purpose that creates a very specific organ that creates a very specific thing we call this human being. If I take my skin cell and try to make it turn it into a heart cell, it's going to fuck all up, right? We have gone through the process of trying to emulate either something of the past in order to be like that or something that we're looking at and saying, hey, I'm going to chase this thing of another person in order to be ourselves. Most of us have not realized what we are, right? And so if I'm a finger cell or a finger thing, I shouldn't try to be my toe because I'm not going to function that way. And every time I try to emulate something else, off of this past thing, like like 15 years ago, we could all be a finger trying to be a toe and it kind of worked. But at this moment in time, where we are as this whole energy is shifting, we're getting all the signs, COVID, the, the earth core shifting. I mean, just Google it. I mean, people who don't believe it, just go on the thing and Google it. 
the computer. It's there. So all the evidence is there that there is a big shift happening in our lives. And once we recognize that the, the, the reason that it's happening is for us to go within and understand exactly what we are. And the process of doing that is, 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 is been laid out with many different channels. You can find it through meditation, right? Meditation is key. You know, if you are a church going person, you know, prayer is big, but you also have to understand there's an illusion of church. You can get lost in some of the limiting beliefs mm -hmm. of why you're there and why you're creating it for yourself. Whether you're in or out of church doesn't really matter. There's a lane for everybody there. If it is, you know, plant medicine, I've done it all. I've done ayahuasca, ibogaine, psilocybin, you name it, right? I tried it. It was interesting. <laughs> Jesus had a sacrament. Guarantee it was plant medicine beyond wine. They were doing things to find another version of sensory perception so they could open their mind and do something. Have you read The Immortality Key? Have you read The Immortality Key? I haven't read it. It's on my download list in Audible. So I need to okay. read that. Yeah, it's the, the idea that the uh, I remember uh, the mysteries of Eleusis were transferred upon the Christians and they were definitely having some ergot with their rye, with some psilocybin. And that's why they had such trend. The Eucharist was actually a psychedelic experience. And that's why they weren't afraid to die, you know, as they were getting persecuted by the Romans, right? They went in and, you know, it's, it's, it's a great, crazy story. He was on Joe Rogan and uh, Jordan Peterson interviewed this guy's name, Murrow Rescue, I think is, is his last name, but fascinating stuff. Reads really well. Okay. I'll have to check it out. I'm going to read it. It's, it's literally my next thing downloaded. Um, but, but so all of there's, there's different vehicles that we can go down. There's, you know, TM meditation retreats, there's Vipassana. There's so many ways that you can go. You have to experiment and find a lane for you. And in that you should set an intention to find your purpose. When you find your purpose, you need to repeat the shit out of it every single day. So instead of you repeating the negative stuff on the news, that's coding your brain, right? That's the, that's what you're talking about is that throttle for the matrix of why we go in and out. You know, yes. you're repeating the thing in your mind that you know is your purpose. You're embodying the cellular structure or the being the finger versus the toe that you are. And then you start to embody it, body it by actually rewriting the program of yourself. Mm -hmm. So we have the ability to do that, which we do because we can repeat anything. We repeat bad habits every single day. I mean, 85% of our life is on repetition and 80% of that's negative thoughts. Just repeat the purpose of your life every day. Find a magic wand statement that's like, hey, if I wake away from magic wand, how would I change my life? And then just know that and be that. Stop thinking, start knowing, right? And then figure out what in your ego tricks you and then turn it back around and then find the reverse of that. Because our words, when we say, will alchemize it. And all we have to do is stay in a practice of repeating it, which is why mantras work. We just repeat somebody else's mantra. So then we- Well, your brain like, doesn't know the difference. That's, right. that's the thing that I learned is when you say- People say, I suck all the time. Like right. they make some grand statement of themselves. Your body doesn't know the difference. Nope. They, it doesn't know if it's real or not. So when you yeah. tell your body, that's a script you are planting in your brain, even when you are not intentional about it. That's one of the things that Joe really helped me understand, Dr. Joe, is your body remembers. So stop mm -hmm. telling yourself bad shit because yeah. it'll remember that. Yeah. And if you start telling yourself good shit, guess what? You have an amplification of positivity. We can't create positivity. We can only tap into it by agreeing with it. Yep. And when we do, then it magnifies. That's the thing is I realize most of my joy is me getting out of the way. Mm -hmm. and, and all of a sudden the energy just expounds because 
I'm not trying to stop it. I'm not the impedance in the system. And uh, when I get out of the way, then, and I agree with it, you have to agree with it. And when you agree with it, it starts to use the word to manifest in your life in a way that is so experiential that it changes you because you realize, okay, I can't fight my own experience. Right. That's why the practice of it is the beginning, but the practice leads to the experience of that reality. We are worth it. We are the great I am. We are part of the energy and the collective. And that is waking up. Waking up is realizing I'm part of it. Mm -hmm. Part of it. And everybody, like all of us right here are part of it. We are all part of that. So let's work together. That's what I love about Sean, the way you're talking is it's how do we create that collective? That'll be the final question because I know we're at the end of our time here. And, and I definitely want to have you back, brother, because <laughs> there's a lot of good energy here. Reloaded. Yeah. What, what is your bigger vision for how you want to use your purpose? Man, I, 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 had, I, I was actually talking to a guy today about that. And, you know, it's just, I mean, my, my, my purpose is, you know, helping people find the divinity in themselves and the things that they do while falling in love with the fact that they're a human being and they live in this dimension, right? And yeah. so, you know, the, the, the bigger purpose of it is, is finding, you know, if, if, if Christ had disciples, we all have disciples, right? We all have brothers and sisters and those disciples have disciples and, you know, everything else is an extension of each other. Finding you know, building community that has the ability to galvanize and change the world, whether it's now or 500 years from now, we are, you know, instead of making splashes in the pool, let's move a little bit and make huge waves and tidal waves. Mm -hmm. And this is we start to shift that culture, elevate consciousness and, you know, you know, the well-being of the people and the planet. There's not like one thing that there is that's supposed to be done because it's all one thing it's like it's such a correlating like a such a opposite statement it's like there's not just one thing to do it's like i'm not like hey i'm gonna run for governor or something along no the but lines. there is your part and i think right. i i believe that that emerges within us we see the picture of it it comes from the fifth dimension so it's not from us what does that look like for you do you have you seen that yet or is it still kind of coming together Man, it's, I don't, I think it's still coming together, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I, I know that there's- It is for me too. Yeah, there's me and a, there's a, there's me being out there and just talking about this and whatever that presence and being um, means, uh, I am just going to receive it because the minute that I think I know it, I don't. Every time I thought I've known it, it's like, oh, that's not it, you know? So it's a moment by moment choice um, while also setting the intention that I know that I am- I am here to do something very specific to heal the, to heal this planet and the, and people mm -hmm. around me. Just be so intentional yeah. about that in every second that I'm in. And awesome. I'm willing to die. That's okay. Um, and not in a way that I, I want to get like beat down over it or anything like that. I just know that that's, it's mm -hmm. so important. And it's so core to everything that we stand for. Um, yeah. Gotta, we got to save we got to save the feminine aspect of ourselves, the inner child of ourselves, and we got to save oh, them yeah. and empower them to find everything within them that they've never really had access to. That's awesome. Sean, I want to thank you. 
Uh, it's been amazing having you on our show, on our podcast. Um, this has been one of my, I was looking forward to this all week and absolutely. it's absolutely fulfilled my expectations. Thank you for coming on. And uh, if people want to get a hold of you, what's the best way? Um, in, uh, Instagram, they can reach out there. Uh, it's at abundance 10,000 um, is the handle. Uh, and then uh, that's probably the best way. I mean, I, nice. Don't get my phone number. Awesome. That'd be... Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> All right, guys. All right. So this has been uh, another edition of Living in the Matrix. Fabulous guest today. Uh, thank you, everybody. We look forward to uh, seeing your comments and uh, subscribe if you can. Uh, much love.